The following broadcast is a production of Subject Radio, a service of Subject Student Run Media, a 501c3 corporation. Visit us on the web at subjectmedia.org. This week on Advanced Blockbuster Studies, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Welcome to Advanced Blockbuster Studies, the roundtable-style podcast that discusses current big-budget, big-action media. Whether it is superheroes, giant lizards, aliens, or problematic archaeology professors, we'll likely talk about it too much. Right now, we're doing episode-by-episode chats on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, streaming exclusively on Disney+. I'm Joseph DiNamizio, arts and culture writer, and with me is Tyler Bauer, MCU fan, and Tom Kowalski, president of the UB Comics Club and Baron Zemo Stan. Hi, gentlemen. How are you both doing? I'm doing fine. Doing good. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. I'm doing great. I feel good. It's a good, it's a good Friday. Yeah. Good Friday. Not the, not the good Friday, but a good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be discussing episode five, Truth. Start sharing our initial reactions, our big three favorite moments, and then talking about our predictions of what's next. Lots of spoilers abound, so please make sure you've seen this episode before you take a listen. You can pause right now, then come right back to us if you want, or just listen and be spoiled. Either way, we're good. All right, initial reactions, guys. Uh, what do you think? What uh, after watching this episode? What do you? What's on your mind about it? I'm a bit mixed about this episode, actually. I know in the past I've like said like. You know, these episodes keep on getting better. I don't know about this one. I feel like it's still obviously great. I, it's just, it's missing something. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what. Like, I feel like it might, it's a bit uh, disjointed maybe, or like there's not enough singular focus or something like that. I would agree with Tom. I mean, it, it, it was definitely an episode where I feel as if I learned a lot. I feel as if I got more out of the characters. There were some absolutely incredible scenes, but from a holistic episode, it just felt jumpy. When you opened up the episode, we got some of the best, fantastic acting between John Walker, Bucky, and Sam, right in that, in the opening shot and the sequence before the title card. And it was heavy. It was dark. And then we jumped around to more lighthearted and and kind of learning more about, you know, what's going on over at, at uh, Sarah's home. So I felt as if it was it was jumping around. It was, it was teaching us a lot about the characters, and, and I feel as if we moved the plot really forward. But at the same time, I, I felt as if it, it wasn't sure whether or not it really wanted to jump into that more serious dark tone or stay in the lighthearted buddy cop mode. Yeah, I, I dig that. And I think, I think it comes down off a really high ledge. It's structurally for all the episodes together this is the fifth episode out of six so this is when you're looking at like the three-act structure this is the first rising action endpoint, and then you kind of take a dip until the climax which we know is coming in the sixth episode at some point so but I, I i dig it and i think we talked earlier about this about uh episode three and how i was like eh, episode three too much stuff lots of place setting going on but i think those two episodes are good parallels here in the sense that there is a lot going on and i think you guys are both right starting off with such big action and taking us off that cliff and using that action to then calm down through it is a lot more satisfying for me because then you're going right back up again at the end of this episode than it was to just sit in an episode like episode three where it's the same kind of disjointed stuff and it's trying to build tension between those elements but I don't know if it successfully did where the difference for me in this one is I think that that tension was built successfully as things got sealed up 
Like we can put the Sarah situation behind us now uh, with Sam's family. Bucky has space to move forward. Sam has space to move forward. Zemo, unfortunately for you, Tom, looks like he's not going to be in the rest of the series as far as we know. <laughs> uh, I think I think there's there's moving enough people off the table, but then also setting up new new pieces that makes enough questions to keep watching, I think. And I think three didn't do it as much as like I kind of felt I already knew what was going on. There are better episodes in the series than episode five. I will absolutely grant you that. But also, did you guys catch the uh, post credit scene or the mid credit scene, I guess, as it were? Did not. No. Oh, my God. I didn't. Tom. Oh, Tom. I've been the fool. <laughs> we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break here. Dave, get some get some elevator music on while Tom goes and watches this end credit scene so we can talk about it in a second. Check out what else is playing on subject media. It's well known the Coca-Cola's original formula contained cocaine. What's less well known is the current formula still uses part of the coca leaf, just not the part that gets you high. A plant in New Jersey is the one place in America legally allowed to process cocaine, which makes Kyle Ryan wonder. Why, 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 why? Catch this podcast and more on subjectmedia.org. All right, and, and we're back with Tom having now watched it. So we <laughs> no, didn't spoil I was, it. I was looking at like I was looking at like some reviews online and, and like I saw like a screen cap one of them where it's just like walkers like making a shield and I'm just like I didn't see that. I guess that's from like a promo or something. And I just I, I didn't realize. Marvel got you on this one, man. They uh, that's okay. Me. What can I say? Yeah, yeah Wakanda, Wakanda's gonna laugh at that shield, being like, "What is this thing? What do you make it out of? Like scrap it's metal? Of, it's like made out of uh, out of iron. You got from like a, a scrap car." <laughs> All right, but I think, uh, but that's super. The, the the end credit scene was super interesting. Like I didn't know where they were going, and then you got you got uh, John Walker essentially hammering out his own shield, right? And he has his Medal of Honor ready to go into it, and everything else like that. And he still thinks he's Captain America. And that's, right. I don't know, dangerous in that exciting and sad sort of way. And I didn't think this was going to happen. Do you guys think he's going to show up as like kind of like a mini boss or maybe even the final boss uh, in the uh, in the final episode next week? Or is this just kind of setting up for the uh, the Thunderbolts, which I'm, I'm pretty sure they're definitely setting up, right? I, I mean, I think it's going to, you're going to see him in the final conclusion. Because uh, I think that with the scene that they had with Lamar's parents, and how they mentioned, like, I'm so glad that you got the person who actually killed Lamar. And he sat there and lied and said he did and all these different things. He's going to be coming out for Carly. Uh, he's not going to stop for that. So he's going to be in New York. I don't know how he's going to figure out how to go there, but he's going to end up in New York. And um, it's going to be a showdown where just everyone's going to be there. I'm trying to figure out how it's going to come about. I mean, you're going to have Sam who, who doesn't want to, kill in which he's been so adamant about that and same with Bucky now with what he said to Zemo so both of them are kind of on that side mm -hmm. you think that uh it's gonna be like maybe a fight not between uh Sam and the Flag Smashers but maybe between Sam and Bucky and John over like who's taking Carly away because obviously John wants to kill her and <laughs> Sam and Bucky want to take her in like and do this the right way I think there's a lot going on with it I just think that we're not done yet. There's going to be a twist that's going to get thrown at us in the final episode. One thing we know is that it seems as if Bucky and Sam are on the same page with Carly, yeah. but it just doesn't seem to me that Bucky and Sam would split off in that regard. But I could, I'm trying to figure out how 
it'll all come together and who knows. Okay. Yeah. Joe, what were you going to say before I, uh, I kind of cut you off there? I think it really shows his current psychosis. You know, I think it, the, his shield making there is setting him up for a very unhinged version of what is going on. Like, I think he's, he's, he's obviously not right in his head. And, um, you guys covered all the other points, like the lying to the parents and everything else. It was just like, you can't, you can't trust this dude. And, and we've had this conversation as a nation a little bit too, is like, what's the difference between what America does and who America says they're going to be or should be? And how does Captain America fill that role? And it's always been the answer usually in the comics is Captain America is about what we should be, is our aspirational goal. It's our Superman, right? Like literally Superman is hard to write for people because they want to make him dark. But that's the opposite of what Superman needs to be. It's hard to write for someone who has a good moral compass, who stands his ground like a tree, like Steve Rogers did. It's how to even be that person when you have all this oppression, like a black man does. And like, we don't know, the three of us, but like the story is telling us, it's hard to be that kind of person and to stand up for that and believe in that kind of thing. And then here is John Walker saying like, this is what it is. And now I'm going to go bananas crazy and murder people in front of a bunch of cameras. And that sometimes happens. Uh, there's drone strikes. There's in the, rea- in the real, real world here, there's drone strikes. There's too many, you know, overlong wars. And I'm not going to get political because that's not what our show's about. We could go <laughs> on about that. Uh, but but that, that's what we're talking about now. And there's lots of other things that are happening, especially this week, which I don't think we can ignore. There was another, there was a, another police shooting of an unarmed black kid this week. And it's just... Some of those lessons, some of those ideas from a couple episodes ago and this episode now are just in the forefront of everybody's mind like they should be until this problem is fixed. Seeing John Walker kind of take that extra step into that, like that hate, that what you know, that unhingedness after taking the serum is definitely should cause some people to take another think about what, what that really means to be in America today. So I think that's, for me, this episode did some good subtle beats on that. They could always do more. But this isn't the wire. <laughs> this is a superhero show. <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day, I don't think comics jump. The superhero comics that we look at don't jump in that deep because they are here about the explosion, explosions, bang, bang, fight, fight. Usually, which we got a lot of. I think there's room to explore some of those things, or at least touch on them like they did. So, I like this episode better than three because I think not just because of Isaiah Bradley's appearance and under underscoring a lot of that and filling that in. I think they did a better job of investigating those those themes in this one than they had in the past and really bringing them out. Right. I, I feel as if it was, it's a pure definition of what we talked about in the first episode when we, I mean, the second episode when we first was really introduced to the John Walker character. It's just, he's a, he's a great soldier, but he, he's just, he's not a good man when you're looking at it from a Steve Rogers perspective. Right. I mean, and, and it was a clear shown, you know, point when he was talking to the council about his what, what's going to happen with him. And he sat there and said, I follow your orders. I, that, that's what I did. I did exactly what you told me to do. And yet they just tossed him aside. He said all the words of a great soldier. And now he feels as if he just got tossed aside because of the, the decisions he had to make on a battlefield in which that's probably the worst possible thing that could happen is because they they helped create a weapon and now they are essentially going to allow that weapon to go loose. From that perspective, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, from the institutional, I mean, there's there's so much we can go in about Isaiah Bradley. That whole scene with him and Sam was just powerful. I think it's hard for us to talk about it. I don't want to speak for either one of you, uh, but mm-hmm. I know uh, 
four three white dudes. I don't know if if it's really our place to over dissect that section. I wanted to say it is powerful, and I understood it, and I know what it's like, who it's talking to, and what it's saying. But I'd love to hear from anyone in our audience if they want to ping us, or maybe we can get some folks and do an interview and do better talking about it and how they feel about what that representation is like. But what did you guys think about it in that sense? I think it's a uh, a message that I'm glad they're talking about it in this like mainstream like superhero show because. A lot of the times, these kinds of uh, shows, uh, they just kind of skirt around that. Like, I think even in, like, the first Captain America, where, you know, it wasn't during the 1940s and World War II, when there was obviously segregation, they just kind of skirted around that. They were like, yeah, it was diverse in the troops. Remember that? Like, no, that's not accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Going back to what Tyler said, I I agree with the point about uh, John Walker. It's like what Erskine said in uh, the first Captain America. John Walker is... A good soldier but he's not a good man which is you know the opposite of Steve Rogers obviously yeah there were so many great performances by actors mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie I mean he he was all around this episode the guy sat there and he was doing comedy he was doing drama with the with the scene with Isaiah Bradley mm-hmm. uh he had his own Rocky montage I mean with, with the shield <laughs> I mean, he he literally did everything in this episode. He nailed it. There's no doubt that Anthony Mackie uh, had a great performance. But I also just want to give a shout out to Wyatt Russell for just being oh. so hateable. Borderline creepy. I don't know what it is like with his eyes. There's something they're like dead inside, especially with the mask on it. There's this sense of power, but also insecurity in Absolutely, his voice. Yes. He, he, like, for instance, like, why are you making me do this? When he was sitting there, like, fighting him, his voice was cracking when he was doing it. And mm-hmm. same in the scene when he was do, uh, talking to the, the government about his punishment. His voice cracked in that scene. He was almost tearing up while getting frustrated. He's so good at playing a character that is literally just trying to do right, <laughs> but is doing it in the wrong way. Absolutely, yeah. I, I've been hearing more and more that he's been getting death threats and things like that from people just because they don't like his character in the show and all these different things. I mean, it's sad when that happens in the real in the real world when a person plays such a a good villain in in people's eyes that they see it as real life that should be completely separated why russell on this has been phenomenal i could see him taking on larger roles this performance really is setting him apart i was super surprised to see him almost make me feel bad for him like i I, yeah. I pity him at this point and it's because of what he's doing with the character totally agree with you guys more than what i think the show is giving him to do you know what i mean i think he's really pulling a lot of those strings for us and making him making him believable making like the frustration making the the easy decisions and being tortured for the result the results of those easy decisions like it's easy to take the super soldier serum to do better it would be harder to kind of actually work through the problems and like not use violence right so I was blown away by how much I felt bad for him. I mean, I was calling him a tool because he is. He was a total jerk. But to be able to at least feel that much pity for somebody who has been such a jerk for such a long time is pretty solid acting there. So I would totally agree with that. Tom, you got any comments on our on our on your boy uh, Zemo in this episode before we jump into our big three? Yeah, I was just a bit disappointed at like how he. How, I guess his, uh, his ending was for the uh, for the series because I, I can't assume he's coming back like he's taken away by the door of Malaji and he's he's I think he's done with the series as of now I hope he comes back in some capacity in future series because I feel like he's such a great character who's still severely underused it fits in with his character mostly because I, I well maybe not entirely but I feel like him going away kind of peacefully like even when Bucky was holding the gun to his head 
he was like, I've accepted this fate. And, you know, he's, he's a ride or die kind of guy. And I like that. I appreciate that. You're in Zemo, ride or die. I already I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we get to see more of him. A tad bit disappointed at how his uh, ending was in this show, though. I was hoping for a bit more. I was hoping for maybe a pursuit scene through the sewers or something. I don't think Zemo did that and knew he wasn't going to get caught. Like, he set something up. He's been gone for days. It's not as if he's been hanging around. The one thing we know about Zemo is that he's always 10 steps ahead. So I think that it was all part of his plan for him to get captured. There's something coming in the future. But the one thing that I was surprised about was his conversation with Bucky and how he said, you don't, you don't need to make amends for, for, to me. I, I kind of forgive you. And, and whoa, I didn't think that Zemo would have compassion for Bucky. He's a super soldier. He's, he's one of the people that he despises. The only one it seems like Zemo respects is Steve Rogers. But yet now he's respecting Bucky, which I thought was very interesting i appreciate it i think it's really nice but at the same time i'm like you know zemo's going to double cross them at some point in the future because you know zemo's not got zemo is going to be coming back and especially with him being sent to the raft i just think it opens up a ton of possibilities the raft was that place in uh at the end of civil war right where like they kept like ant-man and falcon and uh scarlet witch and hawkeye yeah okay i'm just double checking they keep on mentioning it we don't know where abomination is we have no idea where, like, there's a lot of different things when you bring in the raft and you bring in that that whole concept. Once they mentioned the raft, I, I you knew I, he's going to be back. It's just trying to figure out if he's going to be back next episode. If something happens where maybe they need him, maybe Wakanda would sit there and say, maybe we need Zemo in this situation. I'm not sure. That's a stretch. I don't think he's done. I think that it was part of the plan. I mean, the raft, uh, Captain American got in there once. Or Steve Rogers got in there once. So and He didn't even have a shield, even. <laughs> no, he didn't. He just he just managed to get in there and just bring six metahumans. Why not? <laughs> and usually there are big three of the things that we like the most out of this episode. Tyler, why don't you hit us up first on this one? My big scene for this episode was a scene when Bucky woke up on the couch to the two nephews playing with Captain America's shield. The reason why is because it goes back to the first episode when Sam sat there and said, symbols are nothing without the woman and men that give them meaning. And I always knew that was going to be a central theme in the show. And I think it's starting to come to fruition just by what we're seeing. And Bucky has always been very concerned about what that symbol means to people. And that was the first time, one of the first times, we've seen Bucky with a genuine smile on his face with the kids playing with the shield. And in my mind, that, that, that means that Bucky sees that others are seeing the Captain America shield as a symbol of, of hope. And it's not something that was just, you know, used by John Walker to, to cause this destruction. And then you take that image of Captain America's shield and you start applying it to all these different areas across the show. I mean, you have Isaiah Bradley telling Sam that there's no way Captain America, it could be a black man who's a, who could be Captain America. There's no way. I mean, he's a blonde hair, blue eyed guy. He sees that shield as a symbol of the institutional racism that essentially takes root in our country. Mm-hmm. But then you have Carly who sees the shield and says, this is just people who have been oppressed all across the globe. But Sam sees it as someone who is Steve Rogers. He's an all around guy. He, this man gave this shield meaning and this symbol is a, something that's larger than life. So I think it's just all the different themes coming across in the show and starting to merge together to kind of show show you what they're trying to go with and what this Captain America shield is going to mean for the future. And 
when Bucky woke up and he just gave that little smile, I just felt as if we're getting there. We're getting close to that, that symbol of hope again, not, not what we've seen with John Walker in the previous episode. I like what you got in there, Tyler. It seems like we're heading towards the point where we're going to see that the person who has the shield defines what the shield means rather than the shield defining and protecting everybody else. And I think that's really, really smart and really astute that, that, that you brought out that, that idea in there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Agree with you. Tom, how about you? What's your big thing for this episode? I'm going to say the uh, the boat scene. I feel like it was a really like genuinely sweet moment where uh, where Bucky comes along and he's helping Sam fix up his family's boat. I thought that was great. I feel like it really solidified their friendship. Like they're kind of only knew, know each other because they've got the mutual friend of Captain America, right? And they're kind of mostly just work buddies more or less, but now they're like genuinely like friends with each other, despite that uh, conversation they had at the end of the episode. I also feel like it symbolizes like, uh, you know, the rebuilding of uh, not only like Sam's family and like the coming together of his community, because, you know, the community literally comes together to help him build that boat. But it also like could be, if I'm going to take a bit of a stretch here, it could be a uh, metaphor for America where everyone comes together to fix this up because it's kind of, as we previously stated, it's kind of uh, not in a great place right now. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea too. I really like that idea is that, we, you know, it's going to take a community. We already talked about that earlier too. And it's a great point. I think too, that was the first time that we saw Bucky in a normal situation. Well, no, that was the bar scene. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, and no, he was trying to figure out his, the, the grief situation and, and helping, you know, in that. It was reminiscent of pre him going to war with Steve Rogers when they were at the Stark Expo mm -hmm. in the 40s. Okay. No, you know, like more of like his natural self, you know? I, right. Like, I just, that's how I thought when I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually normal buck. Anyway, uh, my big three uh, for this one was um, the conversation, like right after that, like the ending of that one with uh, Sam and, and Bucky is uh, we get a lot of great opportunities for Bucky to start moving on as he heads to wherever he needs to go to do his atonement rather than his avenging um, and to help somebody get through something like the only kind of closure. And I thought it, when we were talking earlier, I was really into, yeah, this is like about the Bucky thing, but we were listening to you guys and talk, thinking a little bit more about it. I think that's really showing more about what Sam does and why he's so good mm. at being in this role of being Captain America, of someone who, unlike the super soldier serum, who makes you better, who, who brings out more of, of, of what you are, he helps people become more of who they want to be by having these conversations with them. He's helping Bucky become someone who can atone for these things and who can move on and help other people move on past the, the pain that he's had. He's helping Sarah, you know, relive and, and him become better as a family and still doing that stuff. He wants to help Carly fight for what's right, but not do it by murdering people to, to achieve the ends, but being better than being murderers. And I think he would help John too, at the end of the day, if he can. Um, but uh, it struck me as like, he, he just has that mode and he almost seemed to like turn it on. Like I am helping a person here. And this is, that's a kind of approachable situation you want with Captain America. That's what almost like what Steve would do, um, but also not because Captain America just did it because that's, that's what he was. But this kind of Captain America, someone who, who leads the way also, but also helps and encourages and helps people strive to be that, what they dream to be is really the heart and soul of what a Captain America should be. 
at least for someone taking up the shield. And that's how defining it to me makes sense. So I think being able to see a little bit of that, especially with someone like Buffy, who's had such a long fraught relationship with and that finally coming together, um, but really good. I think some of the lines were on point and I think it wasn't, I, I, I think it wasn't Anthony Mackie's best acting in it, but I bought it. I liked it. And it is my favorite part. <laughs> um, I think he does better in some other areas in there. Uh, but I think it's good enough. Um, like good enough that made me really, really feel that this is where I, un- this is where I understand why. Like I understand Steve's choice. I understand, even though maybe we didn't earn Bucky already knowing that Steve was going to do this at the end of Endgame, like he mentions, uh, we earn the apology that Bucky gives him for not understanding what it means to be, uh, to giving the shield to to black man. And I think there's probably not enough in that apology overall, but from person to person, character to character in the show, I think that makes sense for Sam. Um, but man, yeah, I liked, I liked that last conversation between the two of them specifically a lot as far as like where the show is going. And at that point, we all knew if it wasn't clear, like where, where we were going next, right? And I can't wait to see um, Bucky talk to uh, the next name on his, on his, in his list for atonement rather than avenging, which is why he couldn't do it last time, I guess. So, you know, you made a lot of really good points and there was always something when watching Endgame, when Steve Rogers gives Sam the, the shield, I remember thinking, do we really know a lot about him? You know, we met him in Winter Soldier and he was just running on the side of the road and then now he's getting the shield. I felt as if I didn't really know his character, mm-hmm. in which I knew that, yeah, he's probably a good a good guy. But after watching this series and after watching the last episode and, and kind of how he spoke to Bucky about it, I feel as if there's no doubt he should be Captain America. I think that's what the show is trying to accomplish. But at the same time, it, I, didn't, I came in a little bit doubtful of could he live up to the same mantle of a Steve Rogers Yes, he can. And I think that he actually can take it to a new level too. Good job and kudos to the show and the writers and everyone to put it together because I'm a believer now. To add on to that, I feel like it's really interesting what the screenwriters do to make people like want Sam as the Captain America because, well, you know, after Endgame, like Tyler just said, we were, everyone was kind of like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were like, I don't know if he's like the best choice. We really know a lot about him. And then for the uh, the writers of the show to be like, to take this character, John Walker, and show how bad of a Captain America someone else can be. And then uh, everyone is like, well, I mean, obviously Sam is the best choice here. I think that's <laughs> uh, just a really smart way of doing it, honestly. And then if we take a look at like what Steve was trying to do with that too, maybe we didn't know it, but Anthony Mackie's character didn't know it either. Like, that's why he gave up the shield in the first place, right? So this whole series is really about convincing us, but also Sam embracing it, mm-hmm. doing what Sam does for other people, but Steve doing that for Sam too. Knowing that Sam's the right person, Sam might not know it yet, but telling him and giving him that responsibility, that opportunity is letting him become what he believes he, sh- he can be rather than just like ignoring it. So he's doing that transition. And it, I, I just was thinking about that now, Tom, as you were kind of talking about it with the end game stuff and you too, Tyler, it's just like, that's really the connective tissue, right? That is that, that jump, like it's, it's aspirational, but it's also achievable at some point. What are we thinking about for predictions for the next episode, the last episode we got here? 
I honestly just cannot wait to see Sam's uh, new outfit. I was really, I was a bit bummed that we weren't able to see it. And at the end of this episode, I thought they'd do like a reveal like they did at the um, the end of the first episode with John Walker in his suit, which by the way, unpopular opinion maybe, but I do like uh, John Walker's suit more than Steve Rogers. I'm just going to say that. Ew. <laughs> anyway. That is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I'm really excited to see Sam finally be able to kick ass with his shield. I wonder what the Wakandans brought to him. Are those, those are going to be like the, his new wings, you think, right? They gotta be. And then. Yeah, for sure. I think, and a, then, I think a whole outfit, you know, because I mean, you yeah. just saw what happened to Lamar, you know, he was just punched right in the chest and, and the column and he passed away. I mean, I think that that's something that Bucky is concerned about also. I mean, imagine if someone, he just takes a shot to the chest. He needs to make sure that he's safe also. So I think that there's it's going to be almost like a whole get-up as well so he can compete with super soldiers. I also think that uh, Joaquin Torres is going to be uh, the new Falcon. You know, obviously Sam left his his broken up wings. I'm sure Joaquin will uh, show up in the last episode. Maybe not like as a as a full, like fully on in the fight scene, but Sam will be like, hey, those wings are yours now. Like uh, what Steve did with him, you know, passing on the mantle. The big bad, which is, in my opinion, the power broker. I feel like it is going to be, uh, like we said previously, I think it's going to be Sharon Carter. I'm not sure like if we're going to get the final resolution, maybe she'll be like kind of an overarching villain across the next few uh, movies. I think we're definitely going to get some definitive conclusion as to who the power broker is at least. And you couldn't see it because this is a podcast, but Tyler was vigorously fist pumping at having one over Tom. In that <laughs> one, so. Hey, listen, uh, every single Tom says, I think Sharon's a power broker. I just celebrate a little bit. I think that there, we're going to see a lot of different transitions uh, in this. I think that there's going to be a major clash here in New York, and I'm, I'm excited to see where in New York it's going to take place. For prediction-wise, John Walker is totally going to come back with his uh, discount shield, whatever that thing's going to be, the little tin can. The great um, value shield. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> I, I, could see, I could see John Walker partnering with, Power broker, because I think that I said it before in the previous uh, podcast, they both now want the same exact thing, Carly. They both want Carly dead. So now it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that's going to be a big bad. We're going to finally get the reveal that Sharon Carter is the power broker. Been waiting for that for a while. If you notice, they kept on zooming in on our art pieces all in that episode, just to hammer down the point that she's bad. Like I mentioned, when you ever have artwork in a nice house with bodyguards, you know that they're the villain. So yeah, I think there's going to be a lot with that. I think the world's going to see Sam step up and become the next Captain America. Uh, I'm still a little confused as to what's going to happen with Bucky's arc. Uh, you know, I know that he's going to make amends with, uh, you know, the individual that we met, I think in episode one, but I don't know where he goes from there. Do you think this could be like the last time we really see Bucky? Like, do you think he... He comes back in future future projects or is he like is this like his uh his end game for him like is he is he done after this i don't think so because you know with uh with ao also referencing him as the white wolf there's now there's definitely ties with black panther so i feel as if they're gonna he he could show up in a black panther sequel i mean there's a lot to do with bucky's character which i really don't think that they're gonna get rid of him but i think that he's going to come up. It's just trying to figure out where he's going to go. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. One person I know that's going to come in for my prediction on this one is going to be uh, the, the Contessa who we saw very mm. briefly played by Julia uh, Louis-Dreyfus for like what, five hot minutes in the 
early middle of this uh this series yeah she's from the comics she's our she's our easter egg for this situation i guess this, this episode dropping such a big name player in there and then having that person play a big important part in the future i mean we talked earlier about what importance she has in the comics she used to be nick fury nick fury's um girlfriend or love interest for a little while back in his his run in the in the 60s she was part of the secret invasion storyline and we all know since we have scrolls there's probably something going on with that and we saw uh, the end the end credit scene if you haven't watched wandavision yet here's your spoiler alert to use it for the next like 20 seconds we saw the scroll situation at the end of that one so that's probably something that's going to be connected or something useful in that sense so hopefully we see more of her i'm also just uh reading real quick apparently she was also originally supposed to show up in black widow but she got her appearance got shuffled around because of uh the delays and stuff so maybe she'll still show up in that i still i have a feeling that she's going to be like the nick fury except for villains like kind of like your dark avengers group but yeah i'm I'm excited i'm excited to kind of see where she goes she stole the scene i mean she she nailed that yeah yeah she's gonna when you get when you get someone like her caliber, like you said, inside there. But I know I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see a lot more of her in the future. And I think I'm waiting for the fight. And then the last episode, man, I'm also waiting for the atonement. And I'm waiting to see how Batroc and Carly and everybody come to the same the same place, which is New York City, evidently all the time. I have so, a question for you guys. This is this is something that I've been thinking about with Isaiah Bradley talking about his story and, and how he kind of got out. And uh, one of the things he mentioned is that a nurse helped him and gave him the letters. Do you think that we know that nurse? Do you think that nurse has been someone that we've already known about or anything? Um, Because it it just, it seemed as if there was a lingering on that point. And I feel as if that's an open-ended that somehow, some way that's going to come up in the future. I am not sure. She doesn't like ring any bells. I don't know too much about like a, uh isaiah bradley's um like background in the comics but like it doesn't ring any bells anywhere like maybe i'd be interested to see how to do it all right well we'll be back with everybody next week that just about does it for us uh this week you can find advanced blockbuster studies and all the major podcast platforms so give us a follow and if you like what you're hearing please leave a review it helps other people find us on those services you can ask questions and also give us feedback or suggestions of what to watch next on Twitter at subject underscore media or Instagram at subject media. Uh, that is with two A's at the end. Visit subjectmedia.org to find more about our show or other publications created through this student run and alumni supported organization. On behalf of Tyler Bauer and Tom Kowalski, I'm Joseph DiNamizio. Thanks for listening. And we will talk about all this and the final episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier streaming on Disney plus next week. Good job, Joe. The preceding broadcast was a production of Subject Radio, a service of Subject Student Run Media, a 501c3 corporation. Visit us on the web at subjectmedia.org.